Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Court Misery, a GH podcast. It's Tara. Um, yeah, this week, um, this week happened. Um, it happened. Uh, the shows were, um, they were shows. They were shows. We had a lot of great moments, and then we had a lot of hmm moments, and there was some controversy. Um, I'm probably not going to get into that, because we don't need to dedicate our time to that. But, um... I do want to get into, just, like, jump into the show, because, like, last time I was, like, rambling on for, like, five minutes. It's crazy. Um, But let's break this down. Let's break down what happened this week, because I actually watched the episodes in a an opportune time. So, like, um, all right, straggler stories as usual. Stragglers. Um, Crete. Crete is, like, a forever straggler story. Like, literally everybody interesting detached themselves from that story, and now we're just following Jason and Britt, who apparently swam to Crete, or swam to Cassidine Island. They swam to Cassidine Island because we literally did not see them. We saw them last week on Monday. We did not see them at all, and then we saw them again this week on Monday, and then, like, they're coming out of the water. And they like, where do they get these wetsuits? Why were they? Well, there was so much of this backstory plan that we should have seen. It was just like all of a sudden they're in wetsuits. I was so confused. I really was like, did I miss something? Like, wait, when was this plan formed? But, you know, okay. So they're coming out of the water in wetsuits. Britt's complaining some more. Like, literally all she does is complain. Like, I don't even know why she wants to be there. You should have just stayed on Crete, let Jason do what he has to do, um, which honestly, we'll get to it. So they get to Cassidine Island, um, they have to hide from guards who are just speaking, I don't even think, does anyone speak Greek? I feel like I want to learn Greek just to realize they're not saying anything, they're just saying, making sounds, um, that sound Greek, but, um, they get to Cassidine Island, and they hide in, like, a shed or, like, a boathouse, I don't know, there were boat parts, and, like, there was an engine, but I didn't see a boat, and I was really confused, and they seem like they're far from the water, so where is this boat, like, a lot was happening, but nothing was happening. It was insane. Um, and then Jason tells Britt to just stay in the car. Um, I mean, in the boathouse, but, like, it was the equivalent of, like, stay in the car. <laughs> stay here, girl. And so he goes off. He, um, while they're, like, doing their thing, um, Liesl and is theater school are, you know, he's, theater school is telling Liesl that she needs to mind control Maxie. She needs to mind control Maxie. Why? We don't know. We don't know. Like, how is that going to work? How is that even going to work? He's going to kidnap Maxie. Not like the whole PCPD and WSB would be looking for her. Like, she's the one, the last person you need to be kidnapping. I mean, like, kidnap Sonny Corinthos. Everyone's just going to think he's dead again. But, like, not Maxie. That's not going to fly. Um, In the background, there is the weirdest board full of, like, equations to make it seem like Peter's down here being some type of mad scientist. Like, Faison wasn't even the mad scientist. He was, like, some weird writer slash, you know, hypnosis expert. Like, Liesl is the scientist. Like, unless you have some other scientist, like, what is this fake uh, erase board? What are we doing? (laughs) And it was, like, see-through, and there was, like, a, a green light illuminating. It was too much. It looked like one of the things from The Sims, like when your Sim is a mad scientist, it was crazy. Um, and then there's this ridiculously conveniently placed um, beaker full of hydrochloric acid. There's just a beaker of hydrochloric acid 
waiting. It says hydrochloric acid, and it's got a skull and crossbones on it. And so Liesl, even if she wasn't a scientist, she's just like, oh, this is definitely dangerous. And she throws it on theater school's hand and not in his face, which I'm sure they do not have the special effects technology or budget to, like, burn up theater school's face. But, I mean, and throwing acid in someone's face brings up a lot of negative connotations. Like, that is something that happens to women, and, like, it's not good at all. Um, do not do that so bad. But, um, still, like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> girl, his hand? Like, throw it in his chest, at least. <laughs> he could have just put a new shirt on or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like the hand was such a bad way to do this. But um, she throws it on him. It gets in his hand. Um, she runs off. Uh, at the same time, um, Britt is hearing noises. She's scaring herself. Um, Jason turned off this one light switch, but obviously for filming purposes, they have to continuously have it be bright. And so we can see Britt clearly, but she's like, I can't see anything. It's so dark. It's, it's so funny. And then she drops the gun, does not try to look for it at all. She just at waist level, like, where'd this gun go? Like, it's on the floor, girl, get down. But the camera's not going to be able to get down there. And so then she grabs, like, a harpoon gun, which, why is that even in here? Who needs this? It's like some 19th century harpoon launcher. And she harpoons Liesl. She harpoons Liesl. (laughs) And Liesl's just happy to see her, (laughs) to be honest. And I'm guessing that weeks have passed, like the time jumps in PC, like in Port Charles, we went from like focusing on one whole day for like three weeks. And now like seven weeks has passed. It's crazy. Um, I, I have no idea what date it is. Like it was September 17th and now it was just Halloween. And so a lot has passed in Port Charles. <laughs> and she's been gone since September 17th, essentially September 16th, around that time. So she's been gone for weeks. Uh, she's happy to see Britt. Britt's got to, like, push the harpoon through her. And, like, Liesl's, like, telling her, like, I'm so happy and I love you. And Britt's weirded out and so is I. Um, and then let's jump back to theater school. So he's yelling for guards and trying to make people do what he's his will. And um, here comes Jason. Hey, um, Jason doesn't just shoot him on sight, which I don't know why. Like, I think I would have shot him and then just went and looked for Liesl killing guards as I went. But um, no, Jason doesn't want to do that. He, like, takes theater school hostage after making him send all the guards to the lighthouse or some bullshit somewhere away from the boathouse. And then takes theater school. Of course, Drew finds Liesl and Britt. Um, he's a robot, uh, he ends up, like, I guess, theater school, knew this was gonna happen, and it literally ends with Jason giving up his weapon, it was so, it was a very embarrassing moment for Jason Morgan, um, and so now they're all held hostage by theater school and robot Drew, and that's that story, finished, (laughs) like, we don't have to deal with it anymore, moving on, um, next straggler story, uh, Maxie, Austin, Brooklyn, um, this is another thing, like, a straggler that has, like, detached, it's, like, straggling off of the, like, Vanna, Nicholas's trash, you know, escapades, because, like, I honestly don't think ELQ shenanigans are worth anything, um, that's Valentin's straggler story, his, he's in another story that's more important, to be honest, but, um, 
Maxie is talking to Austin. They have some moment where he, I like you. I like you too. Um, I don't know where that's going, but I mean, I think that both actors are cool and I'll go with it. I mean, I'm not invested in this, but, um, Roger Howarth and Kirsten Storms are both great. And so I'm down to just go with it. Um, but Brooklyn shows up and tells Maxie what's up, um, after just wrangling Gladys out of Valentine's room. She was super funny with it. She was just like, this woman's a drunk. <laughs> you can't listen to anything she says. And Valentine's like, yeah, that seems to track. And so he drags her, or she drags Gladys out, hands her her actual quarter main credit card, which, honey, why do you think that's going to fly? Like, I would be more afraid of Ned than I would of Maxie and Sasha. I would have given her deceptions, like, just deal with it, ho. But, um, no, she gives her a quarter main card. Gladys is, like, treats this card like it's a genie on crack. She's just making wishes left and right. And so <laughs> Brooklyn's like, oh, goddamn. Maxie sounds like she wants to just straight murk Gladys. Like, that's where she's at. She's like, I hate this woman. She's threatening my daughter now. Like, we just end this. And so they're devising this plan at Kelly's. Um, Chase, on the other hand, was at GH having some moment with Liz. And this was kind of a controversy because now people are shipping Chase and Liz. And, like, I think some of the Chaylin fans are, are taking offense to this. But, I mean, I think Elizabeth is one of those people. Like, she's up there with, like, Marlena Evans who can just get it with anyone. I think anyone would get it with Elizabeth. Like, whether or not you want that, like, that's the you know, that's your opinion, that's, you know, up to opinion, but I could see it, like, I could see it, I don't think they would do it, but, like, I understand it, that's all I'm gonna say about it, but he sees Liz, Liz tells him to calm down, Finn just loves him, because Chase is like, it's Finn, isn't it, he's not letting me go back to work, and um, Liz is like, calm down, get out of here, and so he goes, and immediately, I, okay, I understand that they're panicking, because they have a plan, and, you know, they, they, Maxie knows her daughter is safe, blah, 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 but, like, he did kind of just roll up on her. He was like, hey, well, where's your baby? Let me talk to you about that. Like, you're missing baby. This trauma. Let's talk about it right now. Um, And so Brooklyn was just like, bro, back down. And I'm like, 100%. 100%. You came in real hot, Chase. Like, yes, you are rusty because you really just approached this, like, potentially grieving woman like bitch tell me everything you know like what the hell <laughs> calm down chase but um like I said it's just I don't want to see that that's my issue with Chaylin like I do I think if I had to choose between Chaylin and Chayliz uh, I, I would pick Chaylin I think that there's been more investment in that couple I think that they do have they do look really cute together and I like that they are kind of opposite where Brooklyn's kind of like a shady bitch and then like Chase is like Dudley do right and I think that that leads to good moment and good story but I'm not gonna enjoy her having to lie to his face and be like once again like Willow lying to this man's face and taking advantage of the fact that he's a good person like I don't like it I don't like it it's not it's leaving a bad taste in the mouth but that's all I'm gonna say about that the storyline ends with like Maxie and Brooklyn calling somebody named Kip to deal with Gladys, I don't even know what that means, like, I honestly don't know what that means, I highly doubt they're gonna disappear Gladys, but, like, what does that mean, but that's the end of that, literally, let's move past it, um, another straggler story, because it's just hanging around, like, it's just there, is Ned and Olivia, like, you have 
Olivia goes out with Carly, and I'm going to get more into this when I get into Carson, but they go out, and Olivia just not, is not trying to hear anyone say anything about Leo, like, um, Carly, last time she was in a meeting with Olivia, like, like, Olivia said she was taking Leo to the doctor, and so when Olivia was, like, upset, she assumed it was about Leo, and Olivia flips out, like, Leo's perfect, like, girl, calm down, (laughs) girl, calm down, and so Carly clears up the confusion, and Olivia's like, I'm sorry, it's just, and right before she has a chance to actually talk to Carly, here comes Gladys, hey, (laughs) hey, because Gladys and Austin, that's another thing, Gladys and Austin are teaming up from the chase, and McAfee and Brooklyn thing Austin knows that Gladys clearly has tea on Brooklyn and he wants to know what it is and so that's going to be interesting that's why Gladys can't be disappeared I just remembered that but back to Ned and Olivia so Olivia and Carly are interrupted by Gladys and then they're interrupted by Joey Novak so Olivia finds herself back at the Metro Court super trashed Um, at the same time Ned is over at Ava's gallery trying to buy a painting for Olivia, trying to buy her love back because that's smart, Ned, buying people's love back. Okay. Um, He ends up, though, and I'll give him props for this, he ends up investing in Trina's exhibit, which is great because she gets to, like, make her own exhibit. I'm very proud of her. But um, he invests in that, and then he buys a painting because Ava decides to just bleed him dry. She's like, why are you spending money? Like, <laughs> buy this painting. And so um, he takes the painting. Um, he goes to see Olivia. Robert just showed up at the Metro Court, and he sees how trashed Olivia is. And he's trying to talk her off the ledge. And finally, she's down to listen to someone. Finally, she's like actually like maybe there is something up with Leo maybe I should look into that and then like decides to make out with Robert right when Ned walks in (sighs) girl so messy Ned sucker punches Robert because (laughs) how else can he get a punch in on Robert if we're real with it Robert would destroy this man but he sucker punches Robert um, he pops off at Olivia, and I have to say, for the first time in their entire relationship, I was Team Ned. I was Team Ned because, like, girl, that's raggedy. That's real raggedy. Um, like Robert said, Ned loves that child, and he wouldn't be doing this if he wasn't genuinely concerned. There's nothing to do with your marriage. He's willing to take your fucking marriage to get that kid help. So, you know. I just, like I said, I've had a few people who work with younger children and deal with parents um, tell me that this is something that is very difficult for some parents to accept and to deal with. And so I'm not trying to judge her or anybody who goes through that because I've never been through it. But like I said, I, you know, I do watch soaps and making out with Robert Scorpio is a raggedy move. That's all we're going to say about that because um, it really ends with, like, Olivia seeing the painting and then, like, running off crying. Um, Like, girl, get it together. Get it together, girl. And so we'll see where that goes. Um, Last straggler story, and it's honestly just detached from a larger story because I don't want to talk about them in the larger story. And it's Jocelyn Cameron and Dollar Tree Mill. Um, I'm actually going to look up when this air date of Dollar Tree Mill is, because like I said, everyone has a year, but um, I do want to make sure I'm not calling her that past 
her year probation and then she can have her actual name. I will learn it. But um, Dollar Tree now is like <laughs> in chaos's business. She's just really like, I really want to know why she wants to be Jocelyn's friend. We do know. Let's break it down. Let's not jump ahead. So Cameron tries to, you know, Dollar Tree now shows up. Cameron's upset because Spencer took off. Jocelyn's trying to calm him down. And what do you call it? All of a sudden, um, Dollar Tree now starts bringing up, like, let's go on a camping trip. Let's go somewhere. <laughs> like, what, girl? And then, like, there's amenities. We could do stuff. And they start talking about sex. Like, let's talk about, uh, when are you and Cameron going to have sex? Like, have you had sex? You're not having sex? What's going down? Like, girl, I'm like, we're not friends. Like, and I kind of like that Jocelyn is just really like, we are not friends. Stop trying to have super personal friend conversations with me. We're not friends. You came super aggressive. You've been nothing but rude to Trina. And I don't want to be your friend. And I'm not interested in starting over. I want you to just never talk to me again. And like, I operate like that. So I was like, 100% girl, first impressions are everything. And you ruined yours. And so get out of my face, like go away. You know, like I have no problem being polite to people. But like, once we've already got off on the wrong foot, it's really hard for me to jump to the right one. Like, nope, we're done. Um, I'm just going to choose to not be rude to you. But like, if you get in my space, then I'm going to treat you how I feel. And so that's honestly how Jocelyn operates every time she sees her. She's just like, girl, what are you doing? Get out of here. And so Dollar Tree now got a job at Spring Ridge. Like, it's not even a job. It's an internship. She's not making any money. But we learned that she's clearly helping Ryan, that they know each other, uh, Harmony is on to her, and, like, of course, <laughs> Dollar Tree now, like, read Harmony's bio, and Harmony was really like, oh, you don't know me, and you don't know what I've done, so don't let the, do more than Google, essentially, and gives her her whole background, um, and tells her to watch her back, because she knows that she's in too deep with something, and it's Ryan, and so I just wanted to, like, let that be known. Jocelyn and Cameron keep making out everywhere. <laughs> they are clearly really insecure about what Dollar Tree now said about their sex life. And honestly, if the writers are listening, there's there's no need to have these two characters rush into this, to be honest. Like, it's not that serious. Like, girl, talk, have a conversation about your boundaries and what you guys are ready for. Like, this is so dumb. Why do they let this character manipulate them? But fine. Okay, cool. Moving on. Let's do backburner stories. So Carson and mob shenanigans. This is really backburned this week, but it did encompass another, a story, Curtis and Portia for the first time probably in 2021, are no longer in a straggler story. They have been sucked into Carson's mob shenanigans, so now they get to be in a Brackburner story. But um, Portia had Elizabeth draw the random black guy, and Curtis doesn't know him, but he seems familiar. So I'm going back to calling him Granddaddy Ashford and for the time being. Um, 
Curtis had to throw Joey Novak out of his club because he was getting in Carly's face. Um, and then Joey Novak like runs into random black guy on the dock. But let me back up. Let's go back. Okay, so like I said, um, Carson's really backburned this week. Um, Sunny, it starts with Carly showing up being like, Nina's the worst, and here's a thousand lists of her faults. <laughs> it's so funny. She's just constantly like, I can't believe Nina's here. Ah. And um, Sunny's like, yeah, that's great. But uh, Cyrus Renault, um, he called me and I got to go to Midwest prison. And so he goes to Midwest prison. Before that, Sante show up. Um, Sante give Carson the tea. They're like, yeah, you know, Drew may be alive. He may be dead. Also, we're together. And they give their support. Like, I kind of like that they're trying to rebuild the Car-Sam friendship because, you know, Carly was really like, hey, girl, you know, I might have had my issues with Dante, but you get it. Get it, girl. And when Dante came back to the table, um, Carly gave them, like, her best bottle of champagne. She was like, girl, you go pop bottles in my restaurant. Love it. Love that energy for them. Um, Sonny seemed pretty happy, too. He was just like, yeah, if you're happy, son, do you. Killing it. Love it. Um, obviously there's history there and Sam and Sonny had a child together who passed away, but like, it's, it's, it's poor Charles, you know, overlaps are going to happen. And so I, I thought it was a cute moment. Um, later on, so Sonny goes to see Cyrus, who is such a freaking weirdo. He is like, so willing to bro out with Sonny and give him all the tea just so he can hear about Laura. And then Sonny's like, yeah, I'm not here to talk to you about that. I have to go. And so Sunny leaves. Uh, Carly is at the champagne room. Here comes random mob boss number two's creepy nephew, Joey Novak, um, threatening Carly, being super upset about his uncle who sent him to Poland, which I think is hilarious because Novak is a Polish last name. So that's why he got sent there. Um, they're Polish gangsters, and I like that, because Bushima is an Italian name, and so they're the Italians, um, Sonny is Puerto Rican, uh, they were Polish, and Miss Wu is Chinese, and then, I mean, Cyrus is a generic white guy, I guess, <laughs> Renault is a French last name, but I honestly think he's just generic American white guy who got <laughs> mixed up in crime, but, um, they're all different nationalities, and I think it's funny, uh, moving on, and so, uh, random mob boss number two's creepy nephew is just throwing accusations, and Curtis just throws him out the club, he was just like, bye, get out of here, um, uh, at the same time, like I said, he ran into Granddaddy Ashford, who clearly is the one who beat his ass, and I saw on Twitter this morning, because Ava Forever made a really good point, is that she's worried that, uh, random mob boss number two's creepy nephew is going to say that a black man beat him up and that Curtis is going to get implicated. But hopefully he does have surveillance of him just taking him outside and coming back and like being in the club with Portia and like Sam showed up and stuff because Sam did show up to tell him about Drew. And so hopefully that'll be fine. But that is an actual concern that I have too because like how many black people live in Port Charles? It's like TJ, Sean, and the Ashfords, essentially. <laughs> the Ashfords, that's who live. That's the black people. And so, yeah. Um, then, so, Creepy Nephew is beat up. And Sonny and Carly don't know who did it. 
They don't know who did it. Um, Carly has this moment with Elizabeth, and it's kind of causing controversy because you have, like, people who like Elizabeth who are just like, I didn't want her to be Team Carly um, for various reasons. And then you have people who hate Elizabeth who think that it's hypocritical for her to say that Nina did anything wrong. And these are my comments on this, is that, like, okay, she did what she did with Jake Doe, but also I am going with that, like, this this situation with Franco in theater school, like, really changed Elizabeth, and, like, that's the Elizabeth we're dealing with. I'm not gonna say, like, oh, well, she did this with Jake. Okay, it happened. And, like, oh, well, Carly's done this to her. Okay, well, their kids are together, and I assume that, like, you know, probably Cameron, who's clearly still living at home, um, Cameron told his mom how this is affecting Jocelyn and her family, and then she was thinking about, like, oh, is this a Ben Franco? I mean, she dealt with this with Franco, with Kim, and so it makes sense that she would be Team Carly on this one, because this is really, really close to what happened with her and Kim when Franco was implanted with Drew's memories, Kim was really out here like, well, he's living a better life. This is he's his own man. You can't kill him. Blah blah blah. And I, I, I wanted to kill Kim. She was so irritating. But I, I mean, I literally just thought about that. But let's move past that. Um, random mob boss number two's creepy nephews in the hospital. Sonny just gets in. Um, love that for him. He just got in. He's just like, mm, I paid this hospital, so I own this hospital. Like, I've given it so much money. Half of the wings are named after me. And so he gets in and just essentially takes everything from random mom boss number two's family. He's just like, I want everything or I'll kill you. And so creepy nephew just gives it to him. And then Sonny's like, bitches, I'm back. I'm back, bitches. Did you miss me? We're safe again. And so I don't think that they're safe. We'll see what happens. Like, but that's essentially all that's happening with um, Sunny and Carson and mob shenanigans, essentially. Um, the main story this week, uh, well, it's kind of, one of them is like, you know what, let me stop. We're not going to do the main story yet. Um, Nicholas's trash is kind of backburned too. Um, and I just say this with, like, the Vanna portion is that, like, we had a little bit of Vanna. They were Vannaing all over the place. It was great. Uh, they decide to, after fighting, which is great because they do the best fighting, they decide to have Victor come see Valentine. They have this back and forth about it. And then Valentine's like, I, he's going to be manipulating me, but I'll be manipulating him. And Vanna is just like, ugh. I'm in, bitch. Let's do this. And so they get Victor there. He looks great in his uniform. I was like, Charles Shamashi, you're killing it. But um, he is essentially like, mm, I love you, son. I love my granddaughters. And I want to get theater school. But also, I need this pardon. So Anna throws him out. Um, later on in the week, Nicholas calls Victor to see if he killed Hayden's mom. And so, and throughout the week, Ava's just looking at Nicholas, like, why are you such garbage? Like, you're clearly lying to my face. He's like a Sonny Corinthos in the 90s. Like, it's business, honey. You wouldn't understand. Like, honey, she's be a mobster. She'll totally understand. She's just not going to agree with you, most likely. And that's why you're not trying to talk to her. 
But let's get to the main story because so we can focus on this character. It is Spencer, last name to be determined, rising. Oh my God. Spencer is living a new life. He's chosen a better path and I am super here for it. Let's break it down. Let's break this down. So as you remember, last week, Sean told told Spencer that his father's garbage. And so Spencer confronts Nicholas and he's really waiting for his dad to be like, I would never do that. Like, I don't know who hurt shot Hayden, but like, I would never hurt Hayden. But Nicholas can't bring himself to like lie to his son's face. So he chooses to just gaslight him. And as soon as he starts gaslighting him, that's when Spencer knew that his father did it. Like, holy shit. I've really been trying to save my dad from Ava. I should probably either save her from him or they deserve each other. And which is a conclusion he's gonna slowly come through come to throughout the week. Um but we're gonna come back to him. Uh Sean shows up on the docks because Nicholas literally put hands on Spencer. He like grabbed him, he threw his phone in the harbor, he asked him if he was wearing a wire. It was really crazy. Um, just to see him turn because like I said this on Twitter, like even at the height of Michael going after Carson they never turned on him. They were like, well, we got to let him do what he's going to do because like, that's the only way he's going to come back to us. And so it was really crazy just watching Nicholas just go full Cassidyne on Spencer. Um, Sean shows up because he's like blaming Alexis. He's blaming all these people. Like when has Alexis ever done anything to you? She's done nothing but be there for you your whole life, but okay, go off. Um, Sean's like, I did it. And they have a whole tete-a-tete where, like, Sean is bringing up Hayden. And Nicholas just comes out and says it. Like, Hayden already knows. And she doesn't care. So I already paid her off. What's what's the problem? And then he offers to give him $500,000. And so they see each other later in the week. They go to Ava's gallery because it's, like, armored and, like, you can't hack it or something. It's made out of steel. I don't know. But they go there, and essentially, um, you know, Sean is bringing up all these other people. He's like, Hayden's mom, Finn, Violet. That was actually smart, because he was like, I'm just going to tell Finn. And then Finn, I mean, I think someone, I think it was Jackie, who, like, Finn already knows. And he does. But still, it was a good move, because you're like, oh, I'll tell Finn. And then he'll have, like, Violet on TV. And people are be like, oh, poor little girl. Um, but he ends up getting Nicholas to clear his name. and give him $5 million to start a nonprofit, which I think is great. Um, he goes to tell Alexis, who's been having, like, who's been kikiing with Harmony, just put them together. Just put them together at this point. It's super, they're super cute. Uh, but Harmony is like, mm, well, Nicholas, Nicholas might not be that bad. Like, he did protect you against Cyrus. Um, Alexis is like, you know, everything comes with a price. Like, he knew that Sean was innocent when he was doing that. Um, and so I'm not taking his part in, but at the end of the day, she doesn't really have a choice because Nicholas got the job done. And then Sean asked her to be an administrator on the nonprofit that he just started. So like, hopefully we get to see Alexis get to use her legal skills again um, and work on this really great cause. Cause like, I was wondering what Alexis was going to do as well. <laughs> but um, so she's getting out of prison 
Nicholas is just putting out fires left and right because like Ava's staring at him um Spencer wants nothing to do with him and like he's just like dumpster fire right now but let's go back to Spencer because I wanted to end it with him so Spencer gets uh he gets out of that situation with his dad and he goes to see Trina and at first Trina has no time for him she's like honey I'm about to call the cops like I have no time for this like what else what else what other lies you gonna throw at me and he doesn't say what happened, but he's essentially like, I realize my dad's garbage and I've been doing this for like a terrible person. And I don't, now I don't know what to do because I would essentially ruin my life for this man. And Trina's like, you didn't ruin anything. You just need to go back to work and live a better life. Like stop trying to take handouts and they feel entitled and be selfish and lazy. Just go live a better fucking life. If you don't want to be like your dad, then don't. That's the answer. And so he goes back, like I said, Cameron fires him and then rehires him immediately. Um, he takes Dollar Tree Nell to her raggedy internship that makes no money. Um, and then goes back, I guess, Friday to get paid for two days, which is ridiculous because he shouldn't be paid for another two and a half weeks, but that's neither here, neither here nor there. Um, but I assume he only made like 50, 60 bucks because it's only been two days and he dipped out on like most of his shift the first day um and he's like what the hell am I supposed to do with this and Spencer or not Spencer Cameron's really like I don't fucking know I don't sign these checks I just fucking pass them out do more work and so he just immediately is like well I guess I gotta go relent because now that I know what real people pay looks like I'm not down never mind let me go apologize um Dollar Tree Nell is 100% for this. She's like, yes, that's what I was saying since the beginning. And so he goes to Ava's gallery, but Ava's not there. Trina is. And when he says his little plan, Trina's just like, bro, go to hell. Like, <laughs> go to hell. You are not supporting Ava all of a sudden. You just want money. And of course, he's like, I can't live like this. Like having a whole fucking breakdown. And Trina proceeds to read him like he's never been read before. It was glorious. It was glorious. And so here comes Ava and Nicholas. And like, it starts off like, oh, I support your relationship with Ava. But like I said, it's because he thinks they deserve each other now. He thinks they deserve each other. And so he's like, I support Ava, you and Ava. Um, but also, I don't ever want to be your son again. I'm not your son. I'm not a Cassidyne. Suck a whole dick. And see you later, Nick. And bounces. Right before he bounces, he thanks Trina. He's like, bitch, you changed my life. And I'm never going to forget it. I owe you everything. Goodbye. Um, which kind of just leaves her stunned because she def didn't want him to just throw away everything like she in her mind I think she thought there was a way he could be a better person and still be in Nick and Ava's life but honestly I think that Spencer is making the better choice like go be a better person like and then I think on uh, social media like what's Spencer's last name gonna be so he has some options he can take his mother's last name which was Matthews um that was the last name from her mother um, he is eligible to be a Corinthos because if we go through the paternal line, um, Courtney is a Corinthos and so he could be a Corinthos. He could take Weber, which would be his grandmother's maiden name. I don't see him taking Collins, um, cause that's Kevin's last name, 
But uh, yeah, there's a lot of routes he could go. I would love if he changed his last name to Corinthos. Like, not that we don't have too many Corinthoses running around right now anyway, but I would love it if he was a Corinthos. I think Matthews, even though I hate Courtney and I don't miss her whatsoever, um, I think that would be a nice homage to her. Um, and then, like I said, if he chose like Weber or Vining or something like that, that would be just an homage to history, you know. But I don't think he would want to be the same last name as Cameron. <laughs> um, even though, yeah, so I don't know what his last name is going to be, but um, I'm pretty sure that that is all that happened. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all that happened. It was an interesting week. I don't think it was as good as last week. But um, it was definitely a thing. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to follow me, I do gift the episode, uh, whether every single day, whether or not we need it. Um, it's not every single day. It's literally every episode. But it's what, you know, I try. I try to do better. But um, thank you. You could do that at Port underscore Misery on Twitter. But thank you for listening and have a great day and a great week.